if one person understands their worth, you are not what's been done to you. Right. Whatever that is. You are not what has been done to you. You are God. And he made you as is. And he is not doing this to you to punish you. He's crying right along with you. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Welcome to Between the Grooves. It's your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. I'm James Curtis, and where where do you go? Drew! What do you want? What, what are you doing? It's time for the podcast. What's up? Why are you so tired? Wake up! I thought you were going to bring me coffee this morning, man. I thought you were going to hook me up. Yeah? Nope. Get your own coffee. Oh my gosh. No, I was up. I was up uh, super late and then up early this morning, which is fine. Two, a little 2 a.m. to 5 o'clock nap was nice. <laughs> Felt good. <laughs> 2 a.m. I was getting up at 2 a.m., buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling it now. I haven't had my morning coffee, so another reason why I'm kind of feeling it right now. So why why are you so tired? What, what's, uh, uh, we're busy, busy weekend doing... Uh, mo- getting rid of some deadlines, trying to finish some deadlines because uh, everything's due this week. And I was like, you know, let me just try to hustle because I wake and spend more time with family stuff during the week. So I was right. up. Super late. And, and deadlines, you're talking about music stuff. Yeah, let's do some studio work, some production work, which is great. And I love it. Yeah. But I'm like, hmm, the more I can do now, the more time I can have to kind of chill out and just relax near the end of the week. That's me during the week where yeah. I'm just scrambling and I, I go crazy busy with stuff. And I do that intentionally so that by the time Friday hits, it's like <laughs> Friday afternoon, I can kick back and relax. And if something does come up, I can deal with it and not feel stressed. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. And then hopefully my weekends, of course, I'm not, you know, busy in studio on a, on a weekend necessarily sometimes, but, but not a whole lot. And, uh, and then you can relax a little bit. That's it. It's kind of nice. So I'm a, I'm the type of guy where I like to get all the work done first and then relax. That's right. Well, welcome to Between the Grooves. This is episode number 174. Wow. And this week's episode features a great conversation with Rhonda Louise. Now, she's a Canadian artist. Uh, we're going to be chatting with her a little bit uh, to hear about her story, uh, talk about her music. And also, there's some other stuff that, uh, you know, we, we don't usually get into and you don't mm-hmm. hear a lot about. Yeah. And that is um, pain and abuse mm-hmm. um, and, and how it impacts on her music. Because everyone, you know, a genuine artist will, will take what they've gone through in life and incorporate that into their music some way. And then in that way, they're able to relate to their listeners. Mm-hmm. And I think she's got a great way of, of you know, achieving that once, of course, you know, she can get out and do concerts and stuff yeah. <laughs> again. Oh, man. Because when you are able to perform a song and then tell the, the story behind that song, I think it's a lot more meaningful. And I, I know I she's a perfect example of, you know, some of the stuff that she's been through and then taking that, incorporating it into her music and the thing i like about her is she's she's not a copycat mm-hmm. she's not a wannabe she knows what she knows as far as what she wants to be as an artist she's not trying to be somebody else and i think sometimes um you don't see that very often if you know what i mean yeah. like people are trying to achieve a certain sound that maybe isn't them that's right right uh we are going to get I'm into that in just a bit i love uh, it i probably said too much already <laughs> okay but something to look forward to before yes. we get to that it is time for community corkboard community corkboard community corkboard community corkboard community corkboard i'm too tired for that man i'm too tired i'm too tired you're that's, working me too hard here that's probably the most awake you've been you're just working me community too corkboard. hard <laughs> working you too hard we're just sitting <laughs> here having a chat and that's work come on already <laughs> 
Hey, American Thanksgiving is uh, this week, which means Black Friday is this week. I think it's hilarious that Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving. You know, I know. You're also thankful and, you know, eating a meal together, probably mm. limited this year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, you know, you still get together and you can relax and you can enjoy and be thankful for whatever you're thankful yeah, for. Yeah. And then the That's next right. day, just go nuts and crazy and, and push people over while yeah. you're trying to get the sales. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Give me that 80 inch TV. Get out of my way. Punk. You got Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Yeah. I don't know about you. I, to me, it's not a big deal this year. I, I've no. found over the last few weeks, I'm already hearing about the Black Friday sales. So anything that was going on, I would have already bought it. Although, yeah. quite frankly, I, it's like it's like Christmas. Like oh, kids asking thing. me, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. I don't need anything. Yeah. You know? And I'm not going to buy something just because it's on sale. If I don't need it, why would I buy it? And there it is. Yeah. I actually thought that Black Friday was last week because of all the hype that was been going on. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, because I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's it's this weekend. And the only thing I am excited about is actually after Cyber Monday, they do a thing called Giving Tuesday. Yes. And I like that because it sort of cycles back to the whole Thanksgiving piece, which is kind of like it's not about us and what we can get, but it's actually what we can give and how we can support others. So I'm curious about what companies or what um, social media platform, or I'm curious about what happens in terms of like giving opportunities. Like usually in years past, it's been pretty cool during the pandemic, I'm curious whether companies will step up to the plate right. and do some really cool initiatives. You th- I think uh, giving Tuesday is on the wrong date. <laughs> it, should, <laughs> it should be on the Friday. It should be, it on should the, be the Friday after right Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, I agree. And then, and then the other <laughs> stuff, push it off to the following week That's if you really right. want to, right? I, I fully because agree. Because the problem with the Black Friday and the Cyber Monday and everybody just spending, spending, spending uh, is you use up all your money and then you don't have anything, anything left for giving Tuesday. There it is. So, yeah. I'm with you, man. Um, uh, we're cel- well. We are not celebrating, but it's someone's birthday today, and that person is Miley Cyrus. Oh, congratulations, turns, Miley! She turns twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. Turns twenty-eight today. Okay. Yeah. So happy birthday! I didn't Miley. know we were doing birthday shout-outs. Yeah, we're doing now. birthday shout-outs. I mean, yeah. every week on community corkboard. She's part of the music community. Okay. There we go. Happy birthday, Miley! <laughs> community corkboard. Community corkboard. Wow. There we go. Wow. Hey. Wow. Well, speaking of independent artists. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How's that for a segue? Oh, very good. Very good, my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of independent artists, uh, that is who uh, Rhonda Louise is. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if this will come up in our conversation at all, but we actually did chat with her mm-hmm. um, what, a year and a half well, ago? I think so, yeah. A while ago. Yeah. And, you know, very often we will have um, chats with people that don't make it to the final cut. Right. Uh, it'll sit on the shelf for various reasons. Sometimes it's a timing issue. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the the content we don't think is necessarily relevant to our listeners. Uh, sometimes there'll be stuff in there that our producer looks at and say, yeah, I think this might be a mistake to release. There's, there's a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. could be a quality issue. So we we wanted to uh, connect with her again. And and this, this time we had a great conversation that we want to share with you. And we are getting between the grooves with Rhonda Louise. Good to talk to you guys. Likewise. It's great to chat with you. Now, I have to start by saying we like to just have fun, as you know, on this podcast. Uh, we had a podcast release a number of weeks ago where the artist that we chatted with uh, made a comment on Instagram or Twitter or whatever saying, uh, I was laughing so hard listening back to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thinking, good, because, yeah, uh, you know, right. we want people to have a smile on their face and have fun, but we also want the meat and potatoes. And so, yeah. you know, we uh, we have always said we we don't do interviews. We have conversations. That's right. So so sp- speaking of which, I mean, obviously, we want to you know find out what you're doing, what you've been up to and you know, musically. But also we can talk about, uh, you know, all the struggles that artists are going through, not just in COVID time, but even for like emotional and mental health. If you feel yeah. um, safe enough to talk about like mental health, emotional health, that's cool. Sure. If you, feel, you know, all these kinds of things, because I think we... Uh, artists, especially in this day and age, the more I sort of travel around and talk to people, they're struggling pretty hard. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, like... You know, I've actually been debating, actually, about coming out with my... the fact that I have a day job. Because there's this misconception that we've got money 
Um, we should be the ones making donations to everybody, and we're the ones going, hey, I have a GoFundMe page. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. How's this for a mind-blowing fact? Most it Christian is. artists uh, are not full-time. Yeah. No, we're not. And uh, I can name maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know them well enough to maybe know, oh, maybe they do have a part-time job. So I... Yeah. Or, or they're retired and they're just doing it for fun. Right. right. <laughs> it's true. And, and the money's kind of there already anyway. That's yeah, right. exactly. exactly. Yeah, but when you're trying to support a fam- family and, and uh, you know, pay your bills and stuff like that, you know, it's not going to cut it. Just doing a, a weekend thing once in a while and, well, you know, trying to come up with music, which costs a lot of money too, right? Well, yeah. And the, this weird, bizarre thing was when I went to Nashville, someone here, I can't remember who it was, thought that Billy paid me to go there, that the producer pays the artist. That would have been amazing, eh? If that were the case, I would get into the business if that were the case. Well, that's what I said. I said, well, then I'm on the other wrong end because no, they obviously didn't understand what a producer does. And so when I explained it to them with my architect house analogy, where I say a producer is like an architect, I bring them kind of the layout of the house that I think I want. And they go, yeah, that might work. That might not work. And they take each song or room and help you design it to the best of its potential. And so based on the budget that I give that architect or producer, that's how the end result will come out. So that when I explain it that way, they go, oh, it's a great analogy. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. It really is, because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, let's let's start there. Let's talk about your time recording uh, this record. Um, who were you working with? I came across Mark Troyer, a yeah. name on Facebook that was connected with other artists yeah. through GMA Canada, the Gospel Music Association of Canada. And I knew I wanted to work with a new producer, and I wasn't sure about him, but I... Um, met a couple of people while I was on tour this last summer, both from different areas of the province of Alberta, and both mentioned Mark's name, how great of a producer he was to work with. And I looked at my roadie, Rachel, and I said, I'm thinking not to find him, and I need to call Mark. And I phoned him, and we met in his studio uh, early December of 2019. And Mark has been a gift he has just been so respectful such a godly patient man but his brilliance in music is unbelievable i mean like i've used the analogy of architect and the person that wants to build the house the producer is like the architect i bring them my plans i explain what i kind of want out of the whole project and they take my ideas and kind of play around with it and come up with each song or room of a house and say, hey, would you want this in it? And I can have the freedom to say yes or no. Mark seems to know how to read my musical brain. Mm. (laughs) What I wrote in piano and lyrics was great, you know, to begin with, but the arrangements that he would send me were mind-blowing. Every string arrangement was written by him. He had kind of the idea of what to tell each instrumentalist, like the drummer, bassist, or guitarist, or the choir, or whatever. But then, you know, he'd kind of have them play what he thought he wanted, but then he'd come up with these other ideas, and he'd send me a sample, and it was like Christmas morning for me. (laughs) I'd open my email (laughs) and listen to what he wrote and it was just a rough draft. It wasn't even the final. And I just lost my mind. I text her phone. I'm like, yep, <laughs> do it. Sounds great. And so so, so, a lesson for, for artists out there, Christian artists yeah. or, or any artist for that matter, doesn't have to be Christian music. I think the key right. is, is a big, big factor is your producer because they can make yes. or break the record. Oh, definitely. And, you know, even beyond the music, the most important part of it is your relationship with them. Um, When I very first met Mark, I came to his studio. (laughs) He and I had never met. I knew what I wanted to make a record about. 
he did not. <laughs> I knew that it was extremely deep and personal. And after our two or three hour visit, I knew, boy, I scared this poor guy off. <laughs> and he, he had apparently gone home to his wife and said, oh boy, this is going to be a deep one. <laughs> but, but he and I, um, it was kind of a beautiful meeting and time for both of us because little did we know something called COVID-19 would arrive. Mm -hmm. And we met in December. We started doing our demos in December and January, um, part of February. Early March, we recorded the piano and then I was going to go on tour, right? Like most of us do in spring um, and then come back and finish recording the record and COVID shows up. And I phone him and I go, so, like, what are we going to do here? You know, we're supposed to stay home and whatever. He said, well, is that is that really what we want to do, Rhonda? Because look at what you're putting out. I said, I know. Just because COVID shows up doesn't mean all of our problems have gone away. In fact, maybe some of them have gotten worse. <laughs> and when it comes to um, abuse, some of that has gotten worse. Yeah. And this message has to get out there. This message of hope beyond abuse has to get out there. And he agreed. And I said, okay, so how do we do this? <laughs> right? And we looked at our, our provincial regulations around COVID and, and thought, okay, this is how we can do it. And we made things work. Each of our instrumentalists were game, of course, because they need to work desperately. Um, and we made it happen. And it was such a beautiful thing. In the end, we realized um, the timing was perfect, not just because of the message, but for Mark and I, I needed a trustworthy, respectful person to work with to help me heal. Right. And I had every dime ready to go for this. Um, for this record. Not many people know this, but some musicians, most musicians, have day jobs because we need the cash to record. It is not cheap. And performances don't necessarily pay a lot. And so I am one of those artists that does have a day job. And my day job paycheck goes directly to my music ministry. Mm. So I reassured Mark, I've got every dime ready for this. You will get paid. Because here he is with his wife and kids and one on the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, nobody's playing. No one's performing. Therefore, they're not making money and they have no money to record. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do? And here comes Wanda saying, I have every dime ready to go. And it was perfect. He needed the paycheck. Like he needed a full album to record, not just kind of little one-offs here and there. And I came along, so I got what I needed. He got what he needed and got set that up just perfectly. And we had some beautiful moments together, um, recognizing the hand of God in all of it. It's funny how um, COVID has really sort of um, split the waters in a lot of way, where a lot of people... Yeah. It's amplified a lot of things in a lot of people. It's either pushed them into a deeper sense of creativity and 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 a sort of like you know sort of you know getting ready to go through it, or it's actually pushed them into a sense of like pain or despair. So you have this hope and joy and creativity on one side, and then you have this pain, despair, and depression on the other. But both roads lead to can lead towards healing, and that's the oh, amazing really? thing about it. Well, it's funny you say that because, okay, one of the guys that played on it, I have been a big fan of his for years, actually. And when Mark suggested he play on the record, I lost my mind. I was like, are you serious? He would be on my record? And he's like, yeah. So I see this guy at the studio, and I'm just floored that he gets to play on my record. And then he's like, you know, I'm looking for work. Yeah, yeah. Here's this guy who's won Juno. Okay, he's sitting in the studio asking me if my workplace is hiring. And he met me at my workplace the very next day to meet my manager. He's like, I don't even know how to fill in an application. I've, not, I've never had a real job. Mm -hmm. Like, 
I've always been playing, touring, recording, doing one-offs in studios. Like, what do I do? He, the poor guy was so nervous. It was such a weird, I mean, I've got this guy's autograph from Nashville <laughs> and here he is wanting advice. Like it was. Did, did he get the job? No, but he did. He did find something else. That oh, okay. He, oh, that's good. So he's okay. Okay. But, you know, a lot aren't. Yeah. Um, I will say I will say this, Rhonda. You know the interesting thing that the fact that you already had the money earmarked and and available, and you were able to basically help somebody um, in in putting this whole project together. Um, you probably you probably won in the end, as far as time is concerned, because you know. If if they were busy with other projects, if if your producer is busy with other projects, you may not have have got as much time or, uh, exactly. or, or you know work ethic put into that project. You know if he was busy with other things. Exactly, and like I would show up at Mark's studio, and because we've only seen our families, <laughs> and I see my coworkers, and that's it, right? Because everyone's in quarantine. Um, it was a nice reprieve for both of us to swap stories and feelings about how we feel about COVID. We didn't necessarily feel the same way about how things were playing out. And so it was an interesting way to learn from each other, too. We, we've we've done a lot of adapting as well, Drew and I. Like yeah. we are, and we've mentioned yeah. this before on the podcast, we're in separate studios, but we're looking at each other through the glass. And, yeah. you know, we thought at the beginning of this whole thing, we didn't know, number one, we didn't know how long it was going to last. Number two, yeah, we can yeah. still make it happen. We're, we're not going right. to have as many in-person guests, obviously, That's right. but but yeah. certainly, you know, we can get on the phone with, with some of our favorite people and, and still have conversations. In, in a way... <laughs> Not being able to perform in the last number of months has actually been a relief for me because um, recording Brave Girl, the record, has been so emotionally taxing that the idea of now having to book performances and tours and perform yet would be just so overwhelming. Since this idea of I can't anyways, Oh well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I for me personally, I carry on with my day job. I take care of my husband and our, our two grown sons who've moved back home from college. Um, I have a busy life as it is, and I can focus more on on healing and um, where God really wants me. That's good. I'm. I have a bunch of friends overseas, and um, uh, I was talking to a few, a bunch of them on Zoom the other day, and they were talking about what was happening in Britain, uh, in which, um, you know, with with all the performing arts industry is is gone. It's a, it's obliterated over there because of COVID. Um, the government's actually pushing a lot of musicians and artists and dancers and people in that industry, in the arts industry, to actually, you know, air quotes, get a real job, push them into like cybersecurity or push them into other things. And the thing is, is that that sounds like they're trying to do the best thing, but they actually feel like the government's actually throwing them under the bus. Um, yeah. They're pretty much saying, no, this, your career, whatever it was, Shuck it, move on. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Do something else. And they're like, I'm. Some of them are like, I'm in my fifties. What kind of new career do you expect me to get? Or so right. you know. And so, and a lot of people are in this space, even here in Canada, where they're mm-hmm. like, What do I do? I've been doing this successfully for years, and mm-hmm. now, thanks COVID, now I need to find something brand new, which brings a lot of pain and anguish and uncertainty. But but you know you know what I've seen, Drew is. Um you know, obviously, it's it's interesting to see how people adapt, and and yeah, yeah it is, and it's it's unfair. Uh, it's unfair for a lot of people. A lot of people have had to adapt. Not you know, besides just sure. the music industry, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and some people adapt well, and some people don't. And that's the and that's, re- that's that's what's causing a lot of issues. That's right. But I will say this: it's interesting to see how many artists in the last few months have been number one. Pushing their merch <laughs> online, oh, yeah. right? Because because yeah. that's that's that might be a, a small amount of money coming in to help them out a bit. And and the other thing that I just realized over the last couple of weeks is there's there's a lot of artists writing books these days. <laughs> 
right? Yeah, well, we've got the time, right? It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So, so why not write about what's going on? Totally. And, and hopefully that makes you some money. And yeah. then, and then when things, you know, get to a, a sense of normal again, uh, you can go back to performing and and you know talk. Hey, and I also got a book on the merch That's table. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I think what people are forgetting too is when you tell an artist just to get another job or leave their career, what people don't realize is you're telling them who you are hasn't mattered. It, and this is that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's like, exactly right. You know, yes. you know, it's like my dad farmed and watching him struggle and stop farming for a year because of the financial situation, it devastated him because it wasn't what he does, it is who he is. Right. Right? And that is like a musician. When you tell a musician or a songwriter or a writer or a singer or whatever, if that has been what they've been doing their whole life, it's not just because it's a fun hobby, okay? It's who they are. Right. Because they've got this ingrained, strong desire, but they know there's a gift there that they can offer the world. Whether the world knows it or not. It's like why people go to concerts. They think they're going to a concert to have a good time and hear some music. But really, they're going to a concert because they want an experience. Yeah, that's right. They want to leave feeling better than when they came. That's right. And that's why we do it, right? I mean, we've, especially in the Christian music, we have that message of hope. Um and boy, what better way to be on stage than be able to share that? Yeah. And it's really cool to see how, especially in these days, in these COVID days, I think I can generally say the one thing, one of the main things that unites us all is that a lot of us in this pandemic turn to the arts for well, we for, all did. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right? We all streamed yeah, Netflix. We all, you know, we did the Spotify yeah. thing. Yeah, we, but we're we done now. Hard, we lean hard into books and writers. Well, but we're done now. Oh, we're, we're we're, we're, we've we've finished. We've sp- finished all the movies. There's none left. Oh, there's there's more coming. <laughs> you know there's more, they're, they're digging up everything <laughs> they can find. I all know. the old series, all I the old know. movies. I and know. so it's like it's funny how like we turn to the artists when we need it the most, but when they need other people the most, they tend to find well the doors closed in their faces. I'm not saying that's, you know, like across the board, obviously, but that seems to be what's happening. And that seems to be what a lot of artists are feeling. It's like, there's nothing left for me, which is, which is sad. And so I feel for your friend and the musician who was, you know, trying to find work. Um, and he was yeah. like, what do I do? I totally get that. I've seen that. I've yeah. heard that story many, many times from yeah. other people this, this last And, and Drew, I've said this to you too, that I believe in a year from now, the whole landscape will have changed. Oh, totally. The whole music industry will be different. It'll be different people. It'll be, it'll be, you know, it'll Actually, be I like so. when, well, It'll be like when Spotify came on the scene, like yeah. it was all brand new. Yeah. And a year yeah. from now, we're going to have all this new stuff yeah. where the older artists, the ones that had to take a step back for a year or however long, are going to be like bewildered. They're going to be looking around saying, oh, what? Uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's a good thing. Can I say I have hope. I really, really hope that after sitting at home on our phones for a few months, that when we finally do to go to a concert, we'll be so excited to look at an actual person yeah. that the phone will be left in the car. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And so we'll be off our phone, you know, forget about taking pictures and videos, just sit and enjoy yes. what I have to say to you in song. What I've done in my family is, is uh, and, and I don't know how many people know how to do something like this, but... I, I've programmed my router to turn off the Wi-Fi at certain times. And it, it basically turns off. I mean, it's it's after I've gone to bed because I'm going to bed early because I got the morning show the next day. But for my kids, um, I believe right now on a weekday, the Wi-Fi shuts off at 1030. That's good. And it doesn't yeah. come back on till maybe seven in the morning or something like that. And on the weekend, I extend it a bit longer. So I think it's like till 1130 at night on a, on a Friday night and then a Saturday night. And and quite frankly, my wife thinks it should just stay on all the time. And I'm thinking, no, I, I they need to get beyond their devices and their computers and stuff and either read a book or have a conversation or watch a movie on DVD or something like that. At least that's different from being glued to your phone and staring at that thing, you know? Yeah, because when you're watching the same movie, you're still connected watching that same movie. When you're each other 
your phones, you're completely in different universes. That's right. That's right. You're all exactly. kind of isolated in your own little shell. That's right. And that's what happens in my place all the time with, yeah. you know, I'll be in the living room, lying on the couch. My son will be on the computer and the dining room. My daughter's sitting on the couch in the family room and my wife's either in there as well or she's yeah. on the computer or upstairs. Uh, we're all kind of in our own little worlds. And hours later, it's like, oh, oh, you're still here. You know? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I, as much as we want to talk about the young people, I am the worst in my house for internet phone use, okay? For example, I, I was the four of us can all sit on our couch, and I always sit on the very left-hand side. And <laughs> I was so preoccupied on my phone that I apparently had not heard my son talking to me just from the other end of the couch. Ooh. He sent me a text, and I look at him, I said, what are you doing? I'm right here. He goes, are you? <laughs> like you've been trying to get your attention for like ten minutes. Oh my gosh! Ouch! <laughs> that's but you know that's that's then, been like that the whole time. Like it's not just COVID yeah. that did this, but COVID has certainly amplified it. Oh, and then it got me back where, <laughs> for some odd reason, I didn't have my phone for two minutes, and my son took my phone. This is the best prank ever. He's so creative. I'm kind of proud, but kind of mad. <laughs> he took my phone. He took a screenshot of it. And then he just of my icons, right? And he moved all of those icons onto the last page. Oh. And then he made that photo as my background photo. Nice. So now it looks like all my icons are there. Of course. So I grab my phone and I'm trying to open everything and nothing's going to opening. Like, I can't click on anything, and I'm freaking out because I, you know, tend to drop my phone and I wreck stuff, and my kids are gigwaited. They know I'm not going to figure it out. So finally, he takes my phone and he swipes to the last page, and he points it out, tells me what he did, and I was just like... I don't know whether to be proud of you or mad. Like, <laughs> that was brilliant. It's a good trick. <laughs> How many people after listening to this uh, conversation with Rhonda are going to be doing that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. I Yeah. I mean, they get me all the time, but yeah. Great idea, though. It certainly gets you thinking about other things and, and just, you know, surfing the net or scrolling through your social media feed, right? That's right. And, you know, it's funny because we I would be on tour with my roadie, Rachel. Hey, hey, hang on. Can we t- take a step back here? Yeah. How do you, how do you get a roadie? Like oh, you gotta bring. How do I get a roadie? roadie? Like like no, seriously, I, I've I've wanted a roadie. I've never got a. Do you have a roadie? Okay. I usually bring I usually bring crew with me. Yeah. Yeah, but but a roadie like like yeah, a crew, uh, like someone to handle merch, someone to handle yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, but I'm uh, roadie. Okay, okay. No, I, I mean, are you paying this person? Oh yeah. Are you paying this person, Rhonda? No. <gasps> a free roadie. See, that is that is the catch, right? So Rachel has been a very good friend of mine for about 21, almost 22 years. Oh, okay. And All right. she was the one I very really spilled out all of my guts. I mean, Drew, I spilled my guts out to you that one day in Calgary. But Rachel got the entire story. Hmm. And she's been the one that will meet me anywhere and everywhere whenever I meet her. And she's been the one... To know where I am emotionally hmm. and I knew I did not want to go alone on this tour and I asked if she could come with me and the other cool thing is her daughter is a writer she does nice. <laughs> sound and she does all that technical stuff yeah so she they came to my house and Nikki the daughter taught Rachel and I how to use the sound better <laughs> Because, you know, Rachel took notes exactly how to set up all the gear, how I would want it loaded in the car, like all of it, right? And then we 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 met probably weekly for a month or two, just down to the last number of what we would each be responsible for. She understood that I could not pay her. I just don't make that much money on a tour to pay someone. And she knows that. She understood that the hotel and gas are on me because it's my business trip, if you want to call it that. Um, but she was willing to pay the rest of uh, the ex- her own expenses. 
and it became this beautiful 10-day tour for the both of us, and it was very healing for for the both of us, too. And funny enough, any other tour, I have not had this happen, but on this particular one, I had three inappropriate moments with men, mm. and I had Rachel there to help support me. That's and good. It was it was definitely a God thing that He allowed her to come. Hmm. Yeah, that's my roadie, Rachel. That's really. Oh, that's <laughs> really, and, and really you can good. get a, if I can say you can get away with not having to pay a roadie if it's your best friend, right? Oh, you know, yeah. give 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 her some free music and that's she's right. happy, right? That's right. And she gets to hang well, with it, you. It was so funny because we'd show up at, at a venue or a performance and they <laughs> see this. This woman my age, but she's smaller than me, and she's going to be the one holding the gear. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and they would watch her work and know exactly what she's doing, and they'd be so impressed. Like, wow, you guys are a good team. And I'm like, I know. There it <laughs> is. Right. Yeah. right? Whenever I would travel, um, especially if I was traveling with another female artist, we'd always try to make sure there was a, a secondary female artist on the road. Not so much for you know the crew, my, myself and the crew, but definitely like uh, you know as you know on days off or you know at the hotel or accountability, just, account, just accountability. Yeah. Make yeah. sure she's not alone. Make sure she's because that yeah. is that is a, that's. A, I mean, the world is how it is, unfortunately, yeah. and uh, you know I we we can't, yeah we just want to make sure that she's protected or at least she feels protected at all times because yeah mm-hmm. you know that's i mean dudes that's be dudes that's important for any <laughs> any genre of music but even more so in the christian world yeah it really yeah, is yeah. whether and, it, yeah. and whether it's a you know a, a ccm style song or a worship song or whatever yeah. or like that style of music if you're touring going into churches or going into bars or wherever yeah, yeah. all of that stuff's yeah. really important really really important mm-hmm. yeah i've seen i've that. always made sure that i'm not going to be out of cell range Oh, like, so, oh my gosh! Yeah, you know, like if I'm out in the boonies in the prairie somewhere, am I still going to have cell range so that if I need help, you know, it's there? Yeah. Do you do you ever map? Do you map that out? Like, do you actually you know look at a cell map and actually map it out to see? Well, I kind of look at the major centers, right? Fair enough. I, I look at the distances and go, yeah, it's probably good. I yeah, if it's actually, some some hick town, you're like, oh, I might not get a cell range yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, if there's a stretch in the mountains where you won't get any. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, because mm, those mountains, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, your latest album has already uh, hit the uh, the scene, so you can get it wherever you get your music, and it's also at rondalouise.net. And I guess you're looking forward to getting in and doing some concerts once this whole COVID thing lifts and you're able to do concerts again? Yes, definitely. And actually, I just recently said to Rhody Rachel there, you know, with the messages on this record, I almost can see myself doing more speaking engagements, Hmm. um, whether with women's groups or girls' groups or prison ministry or whatever, uh, recovery centers, that sort of thing, because, um, I mean, the whole reason I wrote Brave Girl was to encourage myself to heal. But when it was, when I was done writing it five months later, um, I realized that it needs to go out. It needs that this message has to go out because I have a really good husband <laughs> who, um, in his own anger and frustration he was still patient and uh, knew that i'll talk about what i want to talk about when i've actually come to terms with it myself and want to talk about it he was extremely patient and supportive he still is and also i have a good counselor which has been provided through peter's work and i've been in regular counseling to heal. Hmm. And there's a lot of women that don't have that either. So those two things, there there are so many women that don't have either. And they are walking around with this painful secret that they've never been able to tell anybody hmm. about. And I can't imagine that kind of pain. Yeah. I can't imagine what people go through. I mean, you know, your circumstances, but also like with the whole climate changing in the world around us because of COVID-19, how much more of that is amplified 
because yeah. of because of that situation, right? Right, right. And I knew if one person understands their worth, you are not what's been done to you. Right. Whatever that is, right? You are not what has been done to you. You are God's, and we made you as is, and he is not doing this to you to punish you. He's crying right along with you. He does not want this for you. See, what happened is <laughs> he created us all with free will. And when you consider what he made out of nothing, that's pretty extraordinary. He could have created us with a mind that just does everything he wants and nothing else. But he gave us each free will. And what happens with us, that is we have our temptations we go a little bit further with each of our temptations or we don't decide for ourselves how to protect ourselves, how to think for ourselves, how to value ourselves. And so when you put two people together, one who doesn't value themselves and the other who has taken those temptations to an extreme where it's now normal, that's a perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, the fallen world that we live in. And these issues, sadly, are never going to go away until Jesus comes and says, enough, this planet needs healing. You <laughs> people have had enough, and I'm here. Nice. Um, until then, I can go to Jesus and ask for that comfort and that healing. But for those who don't know that yet, if it's not out of reach. Just keep going. Talk, talk, talk. Go to somebody. Like, find a pastor, find a counselor. Please don't call, come to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right, eh? That's a right. lot of times people will go to the artist and say, help me. No, I'm just another girl who's, who's in the middle of healing still. And my story is not your story. We all arrive here with completely different genetics and paths and learning and everything. And no two stories are the same that I could ever give you any piece of advice. But all I can say is just know that you are who you are because Jesus made you that way. And he sees you that way. There it is. Regardless of what anyone else does. And so that is why I released it. Now, I knew if it's going public, it's going public. <laughs> so that means, you know, I'm telling my story first to my, my husband, which I had, and my kids. I mean, usually moms don't tell their, their kids their complete past. But I looked at them and I said, you guys are young men. Lee, you're going to be a pastor and you're probably going to be counseling people with this. And Adam, you're going to know someone, most likely, who's been through this. Even if they never tell you, you may have a sense that that person needs to be loved. And this is what happened to your mom. Mm -hmm. And so we bonded as a family like no other. Um, I told my husband and boys I eventually needed to tell my parents and sister and my husband's family, um, friends. Not everybody has every detail. I've been very selective. As you should be. With with everything. Um, but, um, and not everyone has responded well. And I knew that. I knew that not everyone is going to understand what they're saying is really hurtful. <laughs> um, not everyone's going to respond the same way, and that's okay, because I have a support system and I have uh, Jesus to go to who understands. That's amazing. You know what, Rhonda? I've I always appreciate um, chatting with you, and I appreciate your your honesty and your vulnerability. Even when we have our either our face to face chats or our online chats, you are yeah. an incredible, incredible woman, and it's great going back to the word we said a few times today about how in this season, in the darkest season, sometimes it can amplify certain things: uh, hope and joy, or pain, despair. And these are just steps and landmarks towards healing. And it's amazing seeing your journey towards healing and it's it, amazing to also see or or to recognize that you know we are 
you know, everybody's wearing a mask, like literally wearing a mask, <laughs> right. a face mask because of this COVID-19. But but how many more are wearing this this other mask where you really don't know what's going on with them? They might have a smile on their face or, you know, bright and chipper or whatever else, but you don't know really what's deep down, what's what's hurting them, what they're going through. Right. Yeah. Every, everybody has a story. Everybody has, you know, what they're going through. And so as we close, I just want to leave you and our listeners with this. I have a friend of mine, Jessica, and she's a writer. And you know, every day she sends out a message to all her friends and all her people. And she says something very, very simple that you are not alone and this will not last forever. And exactly. so, and so if your story out there, if, if it's similar to Rhonda's, exactly what she said, find the right people to connect with, find the right people to sort of tell your story to, to find the help, <laughs> you know, I, in your steps and landmarks towards healing, don't sit with this alone because it'll eat you no. inside and know that you are not alone and this will not last forever. No, be very selective with who you confide in. It does just because it's a family member doesn't mean you have to tell them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay? Exactly. Sometimes the worst person to tell, depending on yeah. who it is. Oh, yeah. But but if you're going to a pastor or, or right. somebody that's you know trained and right. dealing with situations, absolutely. Right. Be very selective in who you choose to open up to, and even then, if you're not ready to give a specific detail. Um, you don't have to. See, for some people, abuse means one-time attack, sudden someone you don't know. Sometimes abuse means it was someone you do know and it was repetitive. Sometimes it means you were groomed, like for myself. You were groomed by someone you trusted, and now you've got this guilt of why did I let that happen? Like it's There are so many variations of abuse that you can't compare. There's no use in comparing. And so please only confide in someone you deeply trust, one or two people, and then find a pastor or a counselor to help guide you through that healing. It's going to be painful, but it helps you work through the mud and come through the other side. Thanks so much, Rhonda. You are amazing. Thank you, Drew, and thank you again for letting me spill my guts that day. <laughs> Not cafe. I had no intention of doing that ever, but here was this guy I could uh, confide in, and I really appreciate you for that. Anytime, anytime. I still remember too, Drew, the first time we met at GMA. Yeah, totally. You came up to me and said, I, I hear your I- stupid song everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Are you wrong? Did you write my have? I'm sick of hearing it on my station. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So hilarious. I'm like, who's this guy? That was hilarious. Oh, well, you were the guy that kept compl- complaining, calling the radio station, yeah. stop playing Can you that stop song. Playing that song. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> Were you the guy requesting your own song? That's me every time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I would just change my voice. <laughs> C- can you play that new Drew Brown single? That's what I would do. Get that all the time. <laughs> can I tell you? Yeah, Drew Brown, you got to stop calling me during my show. Come on, man. You know, you know you like hearing my voice. I mean, we all do it, right? <laughs> wow, you know, uh, Rhonda's an amazing artist. Um, You know, I admire her because uh, I guess with some of the stuff that she's been through, her heart for others Mm -hmm. that have gone through abuse and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's it's you know, we we want to talk about her music and stuff. But, you know, part of her music and part of her story is is her life and what she's gone through. So I think we need to talk more about those kinds of stories. Let let me rephrase that. We need to create space for those kinds of stories. I think um, it's very easy for those moments and those situations kind of of swept under the rug in the church. And I think we need to stop doing that because there's a lot of women and men who have gone through a whole lot of pain and we sort of embrace them and and give them space, a safe space, if they want to, to share their story. And I think she's going to have that space when when she's able to do concerts again. And, and, you know, obviously she's still dealing with a lot of this stuff, but when she's able to do concerts and and share stories behind some of the songs and stuff, I think that's going to be hitting people in a totally different way and and an unexpected way, uh, you know, attending, you know, you're going to go to a concert because you want to hear the music and you want to have a good time and have that experience <laughs> but right. little did you know that you know it, it could be dealing with some other circumstances as well which is good yeah great conversation with Rhonda Louise 
check her out at uh, rondalouise.net and uh, check out her music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, on her website and wherever you get your music. And now it's time for Artist Advice with our good friend, Riley Clemens. Um, find people that you can trust. Find a team that you can trust. And um, maintain relationships outside of the music industry. Hmm. Wow, so true. People you can trust a team that you can trust. Yeah. But uh, even even what she said there about maintaining relationships outside of the music business, mm-hmm. that is so important. <laughs> it is. I've got friends of mine that we get together and they're not in radio. Right. Right? They're they're they've got other jobs in mm-hmm. uh, you know, office work or whatever else, working at automotive dealerships, whatever. Um we don't talk shop. Right. When we get together, which is awesome, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, it's great to talk about radio. It's great to talk about the industry and everything else, but it's so refreshing to talk about other stuff in life. <laughs> That's know? right. Totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, and don't get us wrong, everybody. Like, it's important to have people, friends in your field, peers in your field, and, and people you can rely on and trust and, and, and pour your heart out to. That, that, that's helpful. Yes. It's helpful yeah. to kind of do that. But man, you don't want to, you want to make sure you have a group of people who are not in that space. It's so easy to have. Like tunnel vision and only ever think about your career or your art or, and that's all you think about. Having people outside those fields, outside those circles, now you can think about other things. <laughs> like, right. you know, I don't know, the weather, <laughs> Paul, like it doesn't matter what it is, but it allows you to kind of breathe outside of that space and think about other things that are not just about your art or your job. Right. It's so key. And it's just good for your heart and for your soul. Yep. So, yeah, Riley. And, and and to our original point about people that you can trust and a team that you can trust oh, when yeah. when you are talking about your circle musical circle right. people in your business yeah. then you want it to be people you can trust that's right because you want to be able to feed into them they want to feed off of you and you're going to work together and hopefully all be successful together there it is yeah awesome stuff thank you Riley Clemens and thank you our avid loyal listener. Uh, We do appreciate the fact that you take time to listen to our little show. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. If uh, if ever you get the opportunity to jump onto Twitter or Facebook, leave us a comment, Mm -hmm. ask a question. Uh, We are there at Between Grooves, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, you can also send us an email at Between the Grooves at faithstrongtoday.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We have new episodes every Monday. So uh, don't forget to leave us a rating as well. That always helps us reach more people as well as your comments. And please don't forget to leave us coffee. You could send us coffee. What's the address here? I don't know, but Drew needs coffee. You can send us coffee every yeah. day. Yeah, gift card if you want. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just think of us, these poor yet faithful people who are providing this amazing... Why is music on? Why am I getting drowned out the music? What, what's happening? <laughs> give us coffee! We need well, coffee! Well, well, hey, we'll give a shout-out. If you give us coffee, we'll give you a shout-out. That's Promise. right. Promise. And hey, a little bit extra for Travis, too. He needs he needs some help. He our, our producer, Travis, needs That's some right. coffee, too. There we so go. Let's all share. Yeah.